Yeah. Well, what we're doing, you guys, is um, <clears throat> I will. Um, my name's Lori Haywood Maine, sorry. <laughs> and um, so um, I come here once a week and just uh, deliver the word of God and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. So, um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, born again. And, and I've been in the kingdom of God since 1987. Received the Lord when I was 12, but I never served him. I went out and did my thing, and I ended up coming back in 1987 when I had a little girl and I was pregnant for my son. So, And I've been serving the Lord ever since, and uh, never have I regretted it. It's been a, a, a wonderful journey with the Lord. So what we've been talking about, and since I've been here since August, we've been um, studying Psalms 91. Okay, I'm going to be the Psalms 91 lady. And so we, I'm going to pick up where we left off, but what will eventually happen is, is every week that I come, um, I will... Uh, go back and bullet point and what we covered in the beginning and things like that. Um, so you, so don't be concerned about not knowing what I'm talking about or not, you know, what, what's more important here is that you're in, you're in the spirit of God. You're in, you're in the room right now that the spirit of God is, and, and probably the other teachers that have been here, I'm just talking for this hour, but you're being saturated by the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the angels of God, and um, eventually, it'll the saturation will do what it, the Word says, yeah, and you will um, you will pick up and you will hear it this again, you'll hear that again, you'll hear it over and over and over again in different ways, and um, and you'll be caught up with everybody. So we we we've been on verse three for several weeks. So real briefly, because I don't want to get into it, but the Lord, back in August, um, the Lord told me to, I said, Lord, what do you want for these women? And he said, I want you to teach them Psalms 91. Okay. Psalms 91 is um, something uh, that uh, is, uh, and by the way, you can get up and use the restroom and so forth. You know, if your back hurts, please feel free to stand up and, you know, I don't want you feeling like you're locked to your seat or something. So um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, the Lord told me to, to um, teach on Psalms 91. And um, what's wonderful about teaching the Word is the teacher learns the most, basically. And so I enjoy just hearing what God is, you know, putting out there for all of us. Because this is not just a line in the sand where this is for you and not me. This is for me. And we all are learning at the same time. I'm gaining, um, I'm gaining, I'm going deeper. And we're, we've talked about it many, many times that there isn't anything different between me and you except for I've received Jesus Christ as my Savior. And if you have, then there's nothing different between you and I except for what I put my eyes and my ears to. For the past, since 1987, that is the only thing different between us as people. Is um, I have just been focusing with my eyes and my ears on the Word. Otherwise, there's no difference. 
okay? There's no levels and so forth and so on. So we're all on the same, uh, we are all the same in this earth, okay? So I'm always encouraging everyone to get born again. If you don't know what that is, it's asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart, give your life to Jesus Christ, and follow his will and I can promise you, you'll wonder why you didn't do it sooner. And years and years and years and years ago, I told the Lord, no, I'm going to wait. You know, I don't want to serve you right now. Um, I'm going to, I'll serve you when I'm married and have kids because I thought I was going to miss out on something. It's tragic because what I missed out was, I missed out on a lot with God. When I finally did give my life to the Lord, then I realized how much I'd really missed and I, if I had to do it over again, I would have served the Lord from the age of 12 all the way through. And because I would have, like a mouse in a maze, uh, how the mouse hits the walls and turns around. Well, that's pretty much my life, our life, without God, is hitting those walls and having to figure it out. So I would have missed a lot of those walls had I just got on my journey with Jesus Christ and served him. And I, would have, I wouldn't have been so bruised up by the time I did come. You know what I mean? So we're all on the same page here. I'm your friend. I don't know anything about your personal lives. I'm not told anything. I don't need to know. I'm here delivering the word. And um, I get to be a part of it. So thank you for having me here. And so Psalms 91. The reason why the Lord wants us to focus on Psalms 91 is because if I don't ever see you again, there will be enough said today that will sow seed into your heart. For a lifetime okay because i i can deliver the word but the holy spirit grows the word in you as you allow it so he wants you to know god wants you to know he knows who's going to be here and what's going to happen and he wants you to know and understand what psalms 91 is so we went through verse 1 verse 2 and we're on still still on verse 3 and uh we are <clears throat> talking about right now again um, don't worry about being lost. Um, it'll You'll catch it up next week and the week after and the week after. Just pick up. Let it come into this. Don't try to process it with your brain. Just let your heart take it. And then just don't try to figure anything out. Just listen and let the Lord saturate you, okay? So what we're talking about is on, um, <clears throat> we're on, we've been on verse 3 and we've been talking about, we covered that uh, um, uh, trusting the Lord and leaning not to your understanding and we've been talking about the goodness of God but then we went into the snare of the fowler which is Psalms 91 verse 3 if everybody wants to turn to that just take a look at it. I want you to get used to opening up to Psalm 91 does everybody have a Bible so Psalms 91 verse 3 snare of the fowler is something you can underline and so we've been talking about um, uh, um, how how basically how God gets blamed for everything. God gets blamed. We wonder why God... i got to check my time to make sure I don't keep you guys too long. So, um, We've been... Basically, we blame God in our hearts or subconsciously, consciously, whatever. We blame God for either where we are at in life, what happened to us in life, what went wrong, why did it happen to me, and for some... Re- well, I know the reason... We basically end up blaming God in one way or another. Why 
did you let this if you love me that and this where kind this where are you that's a good one you know why'd you let this happen why'd you let that person die why'd you let the person hurt me why'd you let that person leave me why you know and um so um what we've been talking about in verse three is that wait a minute there's another being that's involved here and that is his name is satan and that is the wise that is the answer to all your questions of all this misery that we get put in and his name is satan the devil and there is a heaven and there is a hell i'm not here to debate that if you have questions i want questions Please raise your hand, blurt it out. Yeah. Well, in this life recovery Bible, mm-hmm. verse three says, "For He will rescue rescue you from every trap and protect you from a deadly disease." Mm-hmm. Yes, that is God, and He will. Amen. That's in Psalm. That's ninety-one three. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, is there a question, or are you just kind no, of no, letting us know? Say anything about. Yeah, it says every trap. Yeah. Every trap and deadly disease. Okay, so this King James Version says, um, <clears throat> Can you say that a little louder, please? Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the bower and from the perilous pestilence. Yeah, your version. Yeah, you have a different version, but, but, um, the King James, I like it, and probably many other versions use the, the word snare of the fowler. In the book of Proverbs, the snare of the fowler is in the Bible several, several different ways. And But thank you for bringing that up. So, what, but what we're doing here is, and please, as um, Cindy just, you know, asked a question, please, that's, I'm not here to have an agenda. I, I'm here to, if you have a question, just, just, you know, look at me and I'll, Raise your hand, whatever you want to do. I, I want to answer it if I can. If I can, I'll go home and get the scriptures and answer it next week. But I want to hear questions. This is the time, you know, and you may think of them later. Maybe it'll be next week. But but if you have questions, let me know. Um, let us all know because it helps other people too. Okay, and I like to understand what the questions are. And most of these questions, I find that I have, I've had them in myself in my past. You know what I mean? Um, but... Um, so I'm not here to convince you. I'm not here to convince you. I'm not here to sway you. I'm not here to control you. I'm here because I'm a real testimony of receiving Jesus Christ as my Savior and what he's done for my life. And I'm sharing with you the goodness of God. So you want in, he wants you in. If you don't want in, he doesn't want to take you if you don't want in. Okay, because God is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is gentle. And just like you would not want your groom to, you would not want to chain him and haul him to the altar and make him say, I do. God does not want that with you either. He does not want you coming to him because you have to. He is a real being and he's a real relationship. So just like you wouldn't want to force somebody in your presence, he does not want you in his presence if you don't want to be there. He loves you and he wants you there. But if you don't want to be there, why? I mean, he's a relationship, okay, much, much better than we are. So he is a gentleman. He loves you. He wants you. He'll do anything for you. But he's not going to force himself on you. And I'm not going to force myself on you because... That's not God. 
That's not him. So does that make sense? Okay, I hope that makes sense. Cause that's I don't I'm not trying to be harsh. That doesn't come off harsh, does it? No. Okay. Uh, um, if I come off harsh, know my heart. That I'm really not trying to be um, harsh. Sometimes, when you're ministering the word, you realize that you want so much for people to know. Have you ever been that way? I mean, even with a child, you want them to know something. You know what I mean? Or, you know. You want somebody to know how good God is and how good you can have it. And he loves you guys so much. That's why I'm here is because he loves you. And he wants you to know about him. And he wants you to know all these pains that you've gone through in life are not because of him. It's because of the snare of the fowler, which is Satan. Okay? So we've been talking about the snare of the fowler. Wait a minute. There's a devil out there. That's that's where, that's where That's what's been happening. So... We've been talking about God has been taking us all over the Bible, and we'll continually go all, all, go all over the Bible. Um, so where we're at right now is um, we're, we are <clears throat> in uh, the, part of what the snare of the fowler does, and this has been one of his huge, huge agendas, is he blinds the eyes and the minds of mankind. Okay? So in Acts chapter 26:18 and then again in second if you want to write these down you can it doesn't matter if you don't it's all up to you. Second Corinthians 4:4 4, 4, right? Second Corinthians 4:4 4, 4. I didn't write that down but yeah, there it is. In the amplified and what was the first one? Uh, the first one is Acts twenty six eighteen. I'll read it. Acts twenty six eighteen is on my page five. So we're going to introduce this. Acts twenty six eighteen to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That and they as us to open our eyes. So that we may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That we may receive forgiveness of sins and, and a place among those who are sanctified by faith. And then 2 Corinthians, this is the Amplified Bible, 4.4. 4. It's Paul, he's writing to the church of Corinth and he's talking to them. And um, he, I think this is one of his letters. And he said, um, I'm going to see where I'm going to start. I'm going to start somewhere between two and three. We commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is, in some sense, hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only to those who are perishing. These are people that do not know Jesus. Among them, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves merely as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let, let light shine out of darkness. Okay, so what's happening here, what we're exposing, what we've been doing is we've been exposing for several weeks 
who Satan is and what he does. Okay? And we've been talking about all the different snares that he has entrapped you and I and now others out there in. So this week, we last week we talked about um, he's the accuser of the brethren. He accuses you to yourself. Um, he, he is uh, crafty. He was able to convince Eve to disobey God. He, he talked her out of the blessing, and she believed him. So he's crafty. So this week, what we're exposing, what the Holy Spirit truly wants you to understand, because this is the heart of what has happened when the fall of man happened in the Garden of Eden, is he is the God of this world. We talked about this a few weeks ago. He, he, when Adam gave him the right to take over the earth, basically Adam handed him the deed or the title of a car. He handed him the title to the world or he handed him the deed to your house, but the deed to the world. And he switched places basically with Adam. Adam was not deceived Eve was, but we're not going to get into that right now. But that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. And so what happened was Adam and Eve were basically in charge of the earth, if you will, God of the world, so to speak. So when Eve was deceived and she talked her husband into following her, he wasn't deceived. So he said, okay. So he knew Unfortunately, he's a representation of man, not Adam alone, but as a man, as a human being. So we can't be mad at Adam because we would have done basically the same thing in his position. I, I, so that takes some of that, any type of blame that you want to put on Adam, because basically he was just representing mankind. And so, you know, this is, this is what happened. So Satan literally stepped in Adam's place. And now he is still, to this day, God of this world. Okay? That's the way it is. That's why we have evil music, people killing each other, children killing people. I mean, it's spinning out of control and it's getting darker and darker and darker. And instead, of, we don't want to fear because we have Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God says that if God's in you, it's in First John, I think, 1, 2, or 3 John, little Johns in the New Testament, that he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. That means that Jesus Christ that's in you, Cindy, and um, that he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world, which is Satan. Okay, so i got to clean some of that up. Again, if I'm losing you, it's okay. Just let it, whatever falls on you, let it. Don't try to take it all in. It's a lot. So with that, now I want to say Satan stepped in as God of this world. God said it through Paul, God of this world. And, and now what happened was mankind was literally separated from God. Okay? Now 
basically what had happened was Satan had the ability now to veil the mankind, basically a veil, from knowing who God is. Okay? So his job is, he's got it made. This is my world, and now I get to tell them who God is. And that's why God is, we're always blaming God for everything, is because of the veil. Satan doesn't want you to hear this because it's unveiling the truth that Satan is the evil one for everything, for all of it. So what happens is Satan has been given authority in this world, except when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, now he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. He is no longer God of my world. Right. No power in your life. He does not, if I don't give it to him, you're exactly right. So now Jesus is in me. So he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. So for the ones that are still behind the veil of deception, that have not heard the truth, and how do we know? We have to hear it. You do not get born into the world knowing this. You have to be taught like I was taught. I was out there myself until I was taught and someone prayed for me and was patient with me through all my, no, I don't think I'm going to do this now, God. I'll serve you later. Those kind of dumb answers that I did because I too was behind the veil. You see? So... But once I receive the Lord, now the, what's happening is, is now Satan no longer is God of my world. And that's the difference now with Adam and Eve and you and I. We live in a far greater time because one man's decision back in those old days caused the whole system to fall. But now, because we receive Jesus Christ individually, when you fail, you're only failing your, your own life. Not everybody else's out there in the entire world, like Adam was responsible. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead, Cindy. Is that what they're talking about in Second Corinthians three, sixteen through the end? What's it kind of say? It says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glory. Love it. Nice one. Yes. That was beautiful. What was that? Second Corinthians. 318. 318. I want to just. I went from 16 to. Yeah. Yeah. Just. I would. Okay. So. Thank you so much for that. Um, Yes. That's exactly it. So. The. There. I could teach on this particular subject. Hey, Kim. Hey. How are you doing? You look great. Thanks. I just. Excuse me. Nah, no problem. (laughs) Not a biggie. Um, So. So what the Lord wanted you guys to know today is that Satan was given and is the God of this world. This is so huge to your walk. And 
as you grow into the word, if you do grow and you want to follow this life, then this will get deeper and deeper. And uh, it, the, it's almost like the veil's taken off, but now you're understanding. Uh, you can see, but you don't have all the full understanding. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's just you learn that as you go along life. So Satan is to blame for all of this. All this pain, whatever's happened to our life, you know, in, in the crib or wherever. Whatever trap and snare that Satan has set up for you guys and for me has, has kind of been intricate. Okay? Um, Satan goes after the womb. If he can't get you in the womb... Then he's going to try to get you in the crib. If he can't get you in the crib, then he's going to try to get you in school. If he can't get you in school, he's going to try to get you in college. If he can't get you in college, he's going to try to get you as an adult. He's, he is planning snares all the time. And the reason why is because he's afraid of the veil being removed. Okay? He's afraid of you. And what you're going to hear. Because when you hear, you see. When you hear and it falls on a heart, then you see. And that's when that veil is ripped off. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you mean it. Now listen, when I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, I was like, oh no, that means i got to go to church. I was like, ugh, that world. You know? And I was a good person. But I was like, I didn't know anything about church. I mean, I wanted Jesus, but I didn't know if I wanted all that other stuff. Well, now I love it. Okay? It's like brushing my teeth. It's a part of my healthiness to my life. It's, it keeps me healthy. The church is not my answer, but it sure does help. Okay? It's like taking vitamins. I mean, they're not the answer. you got to do a whole lot more than just take vitamins. But it sure does help. So churches, for the body, they're not perfect. Don't you ever walk out of this place and think you're going to go to church and that it's going to be a fairy tale world there and all your problems are going to go away. That, that doesn't exist anywhere. No one is going to make anything go away. That all comes right here. And he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. But by you going to church... And by you going to a Bible study, by you hanging out with some healthy people, by you listening to healthy stuff, seeing healthy, and, th- and you think it and, you, and, it, and all of it is that whole piece of pie. It's all important to your life, but you don't want to just count on an entity in this world to be your answer. There's one answer 100% of the time, 100% peace and joy and love and goodness and faithfulness and kindness and meekness and long-suffering, and that is Jesus Christ. That's it. It's enough. It's enough. I, I'm sure a lot of you know what I'm talking about, and that's, there's, you know, we have that kindership. Is that the right word? Yeah. Because Jesus is the light and the peace in every dark part of our world he is the hope he is the answer he will bring the right people in your path 
He will get you to the right church. Don't give up and don't go to church looking for perfect people because they're all just like us. We all make mistakes. We all are just people, but we're saved. Okay, when you pull somebody out of the water, they don't, they're saved. Now, there's some saved people that get understanding and they get stronger and their character gets stronger and they, you know, have the, what we would call Christian personality, but that's because that's what they're, 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 they're pulling out of the kingdom of God in them. There's some people that just get saved, but they, they're saved, but they don't, they've never taken the time to build the character of the Lord. That doesn't mean they're not saved. There's Christians out there that can do some pretty crappy things. That doesn't mean they're not saved. But the goal is, is not to just get saved. It's to be close to the Holy Spirit. And to get close to the Holy Spirit, you become like Jesus Christ. And that's, that's hence, Christian, Christ-like. And then you desire that you want to please the Lord. You want to please yourself because the Holy Spirit's in you and the fruit of the Spirit, all the love, joy, faith, peace, laughter, all that's in you now. And the, more, the closer you get to the Holy Spirit, the more that comes out truly like a garden in your backyard. The more you water that thing, the more the plants are lush. So the more that you get, the, the closer you get to the Holy Spirit, then, then he takes over, but he never controls. Okay, but then when you go to gossip or something, you get that ee, or you do something wrong, you get that ee. You know, you, you that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit because you're close to Him. You know, and so He'll just kind of let you know. And the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and He's never going to ever correct you. With the Holy Spirit will never correct you and tell you you're dumb, you're bad, you're stupid, you're a failure. You've done it this time. There's no hope. There's, you know, you know you're never going to do it again. The Holy Spirit cannot talk to you that way because he's 100% pure love, which we don't understand. And when he talks to you, he'll say something like, hey, how you doing, Brittany? Good to see you. He'll, he'll talk to you like he'll say, um... Uh, you know, you probably shouldn't be saying that. It's just very quiet, little, and you're just like, I know, but uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> then, then you, then you get away, and you're, you know, that little small voice just, it's just, it's just so tender, uh, and he's just like, oh, you really shouldn't have probably said that about so and so. You know, shouldn't have really said all that. And you're like, oh man, I know. I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, I repent in Jesus' name. Boom, it's gone. Don't think about it another second it is in the sea of forgetfulness. That's the correction of the Lord. Now, if Satan's talking to you, he'll say, Cindy, you and your big mouth, why did you say that? Do you, do you know that you're never going to get it right? Would you just quit trying, just forget it? You're who you are, you're never going to change. So, and then he just condemns and pounds. That's the voice of Satan. And it's ugly and it's powerful and it's nasty because it's doom, gloom, negative, oppressive. 
you're nothing, you're never going to be, and you're never going to get out of this, and you're not going anywhere, and you're too tall, too short, too fat, too old, too skinny, too young, not enough money, too much money, whatever. Everything that's negative comes from Satan. Everything. Are you telling me, Lori, that every time I think of something negative, that that, yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. But we can't discern it. There's no way you can discern it if you don't have the Spirit of God in you. Okay? Now, again, once you get the Spirit of God in you by receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you must cultivate like a garden. A little water, a little sunshine makes something grow. Well, there's no different with your faith. And all faith is, all faith is, is putting God first. Okay, reading his word, listening to it, just growing in the kingdom of God and faith is just basically getting to know him. And then as you get to know him, you trust him and you open up. And that's, that is what faith is. Okay, it doesn't just fall on good people. It doesn't fall on... Oh, that person up there, yeah, yeah, they just got that special thing from God. That is a not true. That is absolutely a lie. The only, you have the potential of faith just like Jesus Christ because he's the son of God. When you receive Jesus as your savior, you are the sons of God. Okay? You have that potential. It's like a computer in someone's room. You have some people that know that computer really well. You have some people that have a computer and they can just get along with it a little basics. And it's the time that they put into the computer. So the relationship with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus and with God is the only thing different between you and me or anyone else out there that has two legs and walks like us is what they've spent their time on. Period. Their ears, their eyes, that's it. There's no special anybody. God, God's word says that he favors no man like you over me or me over you. I can't think of the scripture right now, but we have favor in the sight of God and man. But I'm not better than anybody, and no one's better than me, and no, no one receives something better from God than I. You know what I'm saying? Okay? So you have to understand who you are. You have to understand what has been going on. Why all the trouble in life? Why all this trouble? The trouble is because Adam and Eve fell in the garden Satan became God of this world our eyes became blind the God of this world is fighting very hard because he knows his time is short he's going to have to get out of this earth Jesus is coming back to take us all out now why I'm hearing a question why doesn't he come right now and make, just end all this misery? Because there's other people out there who've got to hear. I mean, is it fair that I'm saved and I just want it all to end? 
so that my life is out of this earth. You know what I mean? See, there's people out there that got to hear the word. Because if they don't, they're going to go to hell. That's why he's not coming. It's not because he wants us to suffer. It's because he's trying to get more people. But the only way Jesus can get more people in the kingdom of God is through the mouth, by, by, by teaching and preaching. That's it. That's the way. So that's why, you know, the gospel is growing like a garden, and it is overtaking the earth. And then when that, when that, when that last person's in, Jesus will be back. It could be tomorrow. It could be tonight. Maybe, you know, another 200 years. I, I don't know. But you have to prepare as if he's coming tonight. You have to live as he's coming tonight. But prepare that he's coming in 200 years. But you have to live as if he's coming tonight. Because we don't want to get caught in, in a place that we don't want to be. You know, and I don't mean that by good works. I'm talking your heart. God is after you guys' heart. That's it. Okay, that is your life, is your heart. That's that's what he wants. He's not trying to change. He created you. Why would he try to change you? When people say, I don't want to get saved because I don't want to change. Well, God created you. Why would he want to change you? He doesn't. He want. He loves Brittany. He loves her personality. He created her, but he wants all the stuff out that's hurting her. That's it. He loves. I. I don't. I, Cindy, Dana, all your personalities. We are all so cool. You know, we're individuals, intelligent. So he's not out to change us. He's out to. Uh, he's out to define you. See? Why would he want to change your personality? He's just trying to get the dark out. The dark meaning Satan hurting you. Hurting your families. You know, that's, that's all. God wants success, if you will. Success meaning this is success in the kingdom of God. Love, joy, faith, peace, gentleness, kindness, long-suffering, temperance, self-control. Okay? Then there's goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. Do you hear that? That's, I believe, in Psalms. Goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. That's what God is trying to get to you. But what happened? The veil from the God of this world, Satan, hid the truth from us. So we're out here in that maze trying to, you know, hitting the walls and turning around. That's the wrong way. I'm going to go this way. And then we, these walls in our world are life's issues and life's choices because we have the veil on. But when you have the veil off and you're born again, now you have the spirit of God in you. He sees everything and you're going along. He's going, no, don't go there. That's not good. But he's talking to you in here and you're like, okay, I'm just something I shouldn't do that. So I'm going to, and then that, that leaves and it's kind of like GPS. You know, it's kind of like GPS. He doesn't say anything really until you start making those wrong turns. Well, I take that back. He talks to you all the time. But 
you know what I'm saying. It's it's a it, it is true though. That is the way he is. Is but but when but if you get saved, okay? So you receive the Lord here and then you get saved and then you don't you don't cultivate it like the water and the sun and the fuel that you need spiritually like a plant needs. We need the word, we need a church, we need some Bible study, we need some Christian friends, we need some good, different music, we need some different habits, we need all this. Um, so if you don't do all that, then you're going to hit those walls. You may be saved, but you, you know the GPS isn't working because you're not really connected. You got saved, and I think you all know what I mean. You get saved, and then you just, oh, okay, I'm going to go do this. And you're not listening, you know, and so you hit the walls and you're like, boom, what happened? Oh, shoot, here I am again in another dark place, painful. And, and believe me, it grieves when the Holy Spirit is in you and you're hurting. It grieves the Holy Spirit because he loves us so much that he truly, truly cares but we are the ones that have the legs in the earth. So it's not God's fault. It is Satan's fault. But then when we get saved, now we have some responsibility of what, where this, these legs are going to take us. Where our choices are going to take us. You see? So you're like, I, I don't know if I want to trust myself. No, you don't. <laughs> you have to, that's the best thing I've heard yet. You do not want to trust yourself. I don't trust me. I trust this. That is my guide. Are you kidding me? The only reason why I can stand up here and teach is because my eyes are here. My ears are here. That's it. I, without it, I'd be a mess. That is my GPS, my guide, everything that I am. So without it, you could see me five years from now. If I walked away from that, I guarantee you I'd be in some kind of a mess that causes pain. Because that's just, that's what's out there. When we don't follow his voice. Thank you, Matthew. Um, my sheep know my voice. They follow my voice. Now listen. If somebody knows where this is at, let me know. My, my sheep, which is us, follow my voice, Jesus said. No stranger's voice will they follow. And that's that GPS that I was talking about as you're going to do something in life and you're getting that, the Holy Spirit is saying, uh-uh, Cindy, don't do that. That's not the good way. Then you step back. So you're not following a stranger's voice because the Satan and his demons are over here going, oh, come on, come on. It's just like the little devil on each shoulder kind of thing. It's kind of like that. There's real battles going on, and it's your flesh battling your spirit because your spirit is connected to the spirit of God, and, it, and it's following that voice. And then this body, mind, will, and emotions, the things it loves to eat, drink, smoke, you name it. We'll try to smoke a fence post. if You see? Because human beings without God, that's what we do. We'll eat, drink, smoke, 
true. I mean, look at the world. I mean, we, we, we need this GPS system. It's just the way we are. That's, but Jesus says when, when, you, when, he, when, you, when God is in you, and you're just like, I can't trust myself. You're right. But what you can trust is God and his voice and get good podcasts going, some Christian friends, and, you know, get some Bible studies going in your house or go to a Bible study with somebody and church and the word. And now you're trusting him. I'm, like I said, I, I can't trust myself. I absolutely would fail without my world. And I'm surrounded in it. If you could ask my husband, you're fine. 24-7, our house is saturated. One way, shape, form, or another. And... And how I mean that by is because I've been, you know, in the kingdom of God so long that for me, what's on TV means a a big, it's big. Okay, it's big for me. Um, what's on television, what kind of music I listen to, um, what I eat most of the time. Um, you know what I'm saying. And, and just my choices that I'm making, and that becomes saturation when you're doing it every day. Basically, you don't look at your life that way. You look at your life as the next moment in my life. I don't look at what I got to do for the rest of my life. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we're, no, no, that's way too much. You just got to look at the next moment and our is this your guide? Is this your guide? The Holy Spirit, Father Jesus, the angels are around you. They're, they're pulling for you to win. They've given it all for you to win and to understand finally that God is not the bad guy. He's not bad. He's taking the hit. And he's been told how, how bad he is to the ones he loves. Just think, have you ever been blamed for doing something really bad to someone that you love and you didn't do it? It is painful. Well, this is how God is displayed. All he did was create Adam and Eve out of love. And then Adam made that terrible choice and separated us and God loved us still so much that he asked Jesus hey I want you to leave go to earth grow up shuck all your your kingly priests and come down walk among men teach them for three years then be brutally murdered killed whipped and then you're going to face Satan in hell for three days and then when you come back you're, there's going to be a name above every name in this entire universe, whatever, beyond. So that's what, that's how much he wants us to win. <laughs> I, I mean, when you really think about it, 
on just people terms. That's how much he wants you to win. God has nothing to do with this pain that you're in. He's waiting for you to come so that he can heal you and help you and bring you where you know you should be. Because that's what he wants for me, us. I've gone through my, I go through stuff. I'm, I, I go through all kinds of stuff. I, you know, 99% of the time I make a great choice because it's always based on this. But the time I don't is when I fail. But then you just get right back up again. Lord, forgive me. That It's over. Quit punishing yourself. I don't care what you did an hour ago. I don't care what you did five minutes ago, 60 seconds ago. If you ask Jesus to come into your heart and just give your life, Lord, take it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to do what I'm doing anymore. You do that. Then everything that you've ever done is gone. It is gone. In the sea of forgetfulness, you are born again. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And the only thing that you have to do is stay close to him. And I can promise you beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you do that, you will have an incredible journey. Even now. Even now. So enjoy the saturation that you're in right now. It may be tough. Hi there. It may be tough. I don't know. I don't know the stories. But I'm telling you, if you're here, enjoy the saturation. Don't hurry it. Rest and make these incredible decisions that are going to bring you everything you know you really want. So, I think I'm done for today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Let's pray. We didn't open up in prayer. I normally always do.